Took the Bruins about 15 minutes to get the wake-up call, but they're wide awake now. Here's Pasternak closing. He scores! I was in Florida once on a southern tour where I met this little redhead who was an underwater specialist. Marshawn holds, Grizzlick has the puck hop on him. Pasternak tried to draw CeCe out of the geometry. The puck bounces all the way through. Bergeron scores for Marshawn. Patrice Bergeron with one and two. Good game. I'm getting out of this hick town. Thank God there is still a sport for middle-sized white boys. <laughs> now taking it along is Krejci. Dropped it on back and it's a shot by Pajanowski! It's Nebraska on the deflection! Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, Let's do that hockey. Hey, Bruins fans. Welcome back to episode 17 of my uh, BS and Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Mike Allred. Um, we're going to do a couple of these uh, this week. I have uh, a, a person on the line that I'm very interested in talking to, uh, a member of the Bull Gang, and he uh, goes about the business of changing the uh, TD Garden from what the hockey to basketball, if need be, in the same day and in and, and record time. So uh, we'll discuss, talk to him in a moment. Uh, but I just wanted to let you know that we're, we're going to be doing these a little more often coming up to through the uh, – the Stanley Cup playoffs and the finals, particularly, uh, and the Bruins are in it. I'm so pumped for that. But uh, especially during the playoffs, if you guys want to get in touch and be a, mem- a, a part of the show, please send me an email, uh, send me a tweet, a tweet, DM me, whatever you got to do. If you want to get on, we'll talk. If we, if we can make it work, we'll make it work. But uh, it's just I want to get more fans involved over the offseason to, to keep the hockey talk going keep the numbers going and also keep just keep everybody fresh. And I believe if we do that, that will uh, this summer will go by and then all of a sudden, bam, we're into the next season, hopefully raising a banner, hopefully. But without further ado, I have Shakuri on the line and he is, uh, I believe he's in the Boston area. Shakuri, how you doing? And thank you for, um, for taking some time today to talk. You're welcome. Um, um, good afternoon. I am, in fact, in Boston itself, and and um, and, and also I'm just a quick side note. Um, it's pronounced Shukri, but you can call me Shu. Um, and, and it's definitely an honor to, um, to to be on this episode with you. Thank you very much, Shu. And and that is so much easier to say. I'm sorry. I, I am no worries. I, I am your typical Boston jerk that just cannot pronounce names very well. <laughs> <laughs> so no, we'll just no, get no that. Worries. Don't, don't just take it. Right. All right. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so 
the reason why I had you on today, Shu, is um, you mentioned that you, you work at TD Garden, and I find it fascinating what you do. And, and, but I don't know the particulars. And without getting uh, in too many situations that might get you in trouble, um, can, you, can you explain the process of, of when a Bruins game ends, uh, or vice versa, if it's a basketball or hockey, but like, tell me the process and how much time it takes to get everything ready for, for one event or the other. It's very fascinating, and um, and I've, I've been doing this now, coming on almost uh, two full years. Next season will make would actually be the start of my third um, full season. And what's interesting is that now I want to start with hockey because um, because of the fact that the Garden, going back to the original building, um, the Boston Garden, when it opened in 1924, it was first used for, for hockey primarily and as well as for other events. So what ends up happening is that when, when a Bruins game ends, when when or lose, um, if we're going over into, into, into Celtics, what ends up happening is that the ice gets resurfaced one last time. And then after that, the, 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 the subfloor panels are put onto the ice. And the the part where the part where it gets fun for me personally is is that the loge seats at, in in the garden they actually are able to get raised lowered and inserted inward depending on what the what the transformation is so so what basically is that the seats get raised the loge seats that is uh, on both ends and and then after that, like the, the guys, they would they would actually take the the, the the protective netting for that's there for hockey that gets rolled and then raised in, uh, in near the, um, the the rafters, so 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 to speak. And and then part of my responsibility and what uh, in terms of the team that I work with is that we 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 have to remove two load sections. In order to put in the um, the radio row, so to speak, the media sections, the razors, the risers, and so forth. And while while that's happening, we um we we we, we as I mentioned, we have we have to raise the seats um electronically. They're, they're done on with with remote, and then we start the process of wheeling the the, the the media section over to um to, to the end of where, where we're working at where like the radio broadcasters and other me- the member members of the media and so forth and what ends up happening what is it there's, there's the two tongue ways that, that the where one one with the Bruins and one for the away team they it gets um, filled in seats and and uh, and then like also while that's happening, as as I mentioned, after the the, the was inserted, the the parts of the parquet gets um, put on on top on top of the subfloor. About this point, the, the the ice is covered entirely. And as as that's happening, the um the other team members they, they just start to lift up the parquet. And the parquet, I must I must tell you, it is very 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 heavy. It is not light. Each panel, from what I can recall, um, is I would say at least at least two hundred, two hundred plus pounds. Wow! At least the wooden part. Yeah. 
So it takes four people per panel to lift it up safely and securely to put it on top of the um, on top of the floor, and that's used to protect the integrity of the ice. Um, so all in all, the process takes about maybe average, and I do mean average. It depends on how many people are there, about maybe three and a half hours on average. Um, oh. This past, yes, and um, this past um, regular season. Um, we we usually we, we usually have like a doubleheader where there's a Bruins game and the Celtics game that same day. We actually did set a record, a, a guarded record actually, uh, for the fastest changeover um, in in the building's history. Um, with, um, we were able to do it in a, in a, for for a doubleheader for from um, from Bruins Celtics a changeover in which that the game was at one o'clock. And then we had a, um, a, a seven, I believe, it was a 7 p.m. start for the Celtics in two hours. And six wow, minutes. that's crazy. So that, so that yeah, yes, and I, I'm, I was, I'm honored to be, to be honestly be able to say that I was actually part of that historic feat. Um, and it's, it's remarkable. But to continue on with the process, so like once the the parquet is put down. Like we also put down like different, like different um, seats on on either side of the court, and as well as the um, the, the risers for the um, for the auxiliary so for the auxiliary um, seats and so forth. And and then like the hoops are bought out um, on on both ends and so forth. And that's from that's basically from Bruins to uh, Celtics um, in a nutshell. Um, but what's most interesting, actually, is when we go from Bruins to, to, to concert. Now, I have to put, I have to make mention of this key part because it does depend on who's coming into the garden to perform. For example, and what ends up happening is that what ends up happening is that we have. To put the, the subfloor as we as we usually do to cover the on the ice, but the the inboard one of the inboards gets removed because that that subfloor actually gets extended on to where the seats are. The seats are actually inserted inward, all like the entire load section on one end gets inserted gets inserted inward, and then we have something that's called specials. We put those down also to protect the integrity of the floor. And to ensure that the stage for whoever is coming in is able is able to be built um, properly and and, sa- and safely and so forth. So that is the that is essentially the process um, in a nutshell. That's amazing, true. Um, <laughs> that's awesome, and I can't believe those tiles are two hundred pounds. I mean, that's so. It's, they're, I mean, they're more, yeah, more, a little more than that. Yeah, it's, yeah, like two hundred pounds. It's pretty good yeah. that they, they keep it uh, four person per uh, ocean standard. Say you you can lift under seventy five pounds, so that's that's right in the wheelhouse of uh, safety. Also, absolutely yes. Um, before absolutely. we before I get to my next question, uh, do you have a cold beer with you? I'm sorry, say that one more time. Do you have a cold beer with you? I actually don't. Do you drink? Um. I am not a drinker, actually. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. I, I respect that. But um, I, on the other hand, this is a beers and brewing show, so I get I get to do my uh, my crack, and uh, then we can get start talking. Uh, sweet. <laughs> All right, give me a second. I take a big sip here. 
no problem. All right, Chu. Here's my question. Earlier, you mentioned something about if it's your particular job per, uh, on that day. So, do you do you guys have like a rotation of of different things that you guys do on a different um, a different day? Well, basically, like we work in teams, and like we were, um, one team would work on, for example, like we would work on raising the seats or lowering the seats or in certain seats, depending on what event we're, where we're changing over to. And there's another team that works on the other end and does the same thing and, and works on raising and lowering the seats and removing the, the section on one end where that's used, also used as an entryway and so forth. And then there's another team that works on specifically on the addition or, and the laying down of the of the parquet and so forth, and as well as the subfloor that, that protects the integrity of the ice. So like, we, so everybody works in like different teams um, and, and so forth. That's awesome. So um, how many big memories, and then, oh, all right, forget that, okay. How many times do you guys get to stay there and see an event? Do you guys get to see the, the Bruins game before it gets taken down? Are you guys right in there at the end and getting to work? Usually, usually like, we, we'll get there, like, about, let's say, 45 minutes before the end, before the end of games. And, like we're, like, we're fortunate. We're able to, like, like, see the game and so forth in terms of, like, where, where our vantage point is and depending on, like, where, where you're, like, located on, on the event floor. So, like that's that's basically like policy. Like we're like, we're not allowed to be in the building, um, like for the whole game. To, to, to go to, to, for the whole game at all. That's that. But that is actually fastest way um, to be terminated. But um, but but we do get there about like maybe thirty to forty five minutes um like, before the event ends and so forth. So like oh. so, so like it's and so and so in some ways like we're able to like see like like, like a portion of the game and, and so forth, which is pretty cool. Perfect, because that's going to segue right into my next question. How many big moments have you seen or or been in the building in that time frame that you're you're getting ready, but but a game is ending? Any like championship moments? I'm not I'm not really big on the basketball, so I'm not sure when they the last time they won, but. You know, sure, was that yeah. was that something that you were involved in just for a little part of the time? Um, that's a really good question. I do know one particular moment. Um, I I do I do remember, um, like for one instance that like the the, the Bergeron's um I believe it was like one thousandth game. Oh, nice. Um, like it was it was literally like. Like towards the very end of the game, if I remember, remember correctly, and and um, and it, it was pretty cool to be in the building for. I mean, like as, as I mentioned, like that was like towards the like towards the end, and as well as like we were getting ready to to, to change to do changeover and so forth. But that that was um, pretty uh, pretty special um, to 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 witness that, and you know, especially the way that Pasternak was um, left the puck for for Bergeron to score the empty netter to to end that to basically wrap up the game. That was um very special and and that was definitely one of the, one of the signature moments um of this past regular season for sure 
Yeah, yeah, that was a huge class act, and I do remember that play, man. Uh, Pasternak's a real special guy, I'll tell you. That whole line is just like, you know, uh, special, and and the reason why it's like the best in the league at times. Um, uh, so, shoot, let me let me talk to you about your your Bruins fandom, and how long does it go back? Um, and were there any games that you went to, not working, but went to and, uh, and, and saw some others, maybe some other special moments while you were in the building? Oh, oh yeah. Um, I've been a fan of the Bruins now, um, going back to the 2005-2006 season. Right around um, the lockout, right? And, yeah, like right after the lockout. Okay. And, like, I, I, um, really, I really latched onto guys like, John, I'm mean, sorry, um, uh, uh, Joe Thornton, um, before he got traded, um, remember, uh, memorably during that season, um, and I, I actually still remember my first reaction, I was just complete utter shock, the night that he was traded um, to San Jose um, for, for Marco Sturm. I mean, I didn't know anything about Marco Sturm at that point, but I, I quickly became a fan of his, um, like during during that season, as well as um, Bergeron was was just really beginning to develop into his own pre, pre-concussion, by the way. Um, and I actually remember um, the, the game that against Philadelphia, he had that major concussion. Oh, that was terrible. Um, during, during, yeah, during the 07-08 season. That I remember vividly. Um, it, was, it was actually frightening to watch. And yeah. I mean, like, I mean, none of us really knew at that point whether if he was ever going to be – um, be the same again because at that point he was really like developing into a legitimate thirty goal scorer on a consistent basis in the league. Yeah. If you remember, if you remember correctly, and um, but for me, like in terms of special moments and games that, that that I was at, um, I I have to start out with the the twenty nineteen NHL Winter Classic. I was I was there this past January. Um, I actually I went with a really um, close friend of mine who who was um, basically family to me. You guys went um, to Chicago. We yeah, we, we we stayed in Chicago. Nice, yeah. nice. And yeah, yeah. And what what the thing that made made it so fun about it? Before I get to the game quickly, um, was was the fact we we had the opportunity to go to the the, the NHL Fan Fest at Millennium Park. Now, okay. for, for fans that, that didn't get the chance to go, like the NHL, what they did was that they had a fan fest at Millennium Park in Chicago for both the Bruins fans and the Blackhawks, and it, it was it was amazing. But I will tell you, I I'll never ever forget how cold it was. It was <laughs> absolutely the first day that that Sunday that we arrived because we, we arrived on that final Sunday in in, uh, in December. And it, it was it was cold. It was cold, but the sun was up. But it was very cold. And you, I remember having to really layer up. And you know, like I got I got to get my my photo um taken with um with with, with Tony Esposito, the brother of Phil Esposito, yeah, yeah, Hall of Famer. Yeah, they they they, um, they credit him. They credit him with being the original um oh, butterfly goaltender. Did you know yeah, that? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And. Like that was like that. That was pretty surreal. Like meet the middle legend and be able to have have a have a brief conversation with him, and as well as you know, get the, my photo taken with the Stanley Cup and so forth. Nice. And and like that that was pretty awesome. But as for the game itself, it one. Um, um, hey, wow, before really before you go on, shoot! Before what? you go on, let me ask you something. Was this your first time in Chicago? 
No, it was my second time in 2018. Okay. All right. Because I, I know some people out there that tell me that, that just going outside and being anywhere near the Great Lakes, there's, there's a wind tunnel. They don't call it the Windy City for nothing, I guess. Huh? There, there, there is truth to that. No, there, <laughs> there, is, there, is a, there, there is truth to that. Like, but the thing was that, like, I remember, like, that day, that first day, like, on that Sunday, um, I remember, like, it wasn't terribly windy, but, oh, my God, that chill. Yeah. And chill was absolutely nothing. There was nothing to joke about at all. Like, you had to really layer up. If you were going to wear a jacket and you're one of the type of fans, like, myself where nothing goes on top of the jersey once you're wearing and you had you had to layer up underneath. There was no if ands or buts about it because you were definitely risking getting frostbite. Um and as for the as for the, the, the game itself, like number one, the atmosphere on New Year's Day at on Notre Dame Stadium was absolutely unlike anything that I've ever seen. And I I really was just floored. I mean number one it's Notre Dame we're talking about. We're talking about one of the legendary venues in all of sports. And it was filled with Bruins fans. I had actually a few of my colleagues from the garden who were actually there as well. Um, that which 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 made it even more like exciting and, and special in That's awesome. Going with a few teammates. Yeah. And um and like taking the photo, the photo with uh, with uh, of the statue of the coach. Um, and sorry, the name escaped, excuse me at the moment. But getting inside the stadium was was pretty surreal. And 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 I I remember get I walked on running up the stairway, going to um going towards where we were seated, and just the absolute just just awe. Like it was like it was definitely one of those. Once in a lifetime um, opportunity you had to take advantage of, and and that's how we all felt. Like especially all of us like that traveled from Boston to um, to, to the game. Like no, 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 this is like we may we may never get this opportunity again. Like we have to take advantage. And but there is there is a there is a quick funny story that I, I have to I got I want to share with you because I'll be doing this this specific day a major a major disservice if I don't ma- mention this now. The floor is yours, my friend. Go for it. Like, I went, I left a little later towards the end of the first period. And I remember going onto the concourse level, and I wanted to get something to eat and something to drink because, one, it was was wicked cold. It was cold. And fans are all lined up and so forth. You know, the, the, the regular long lines, nothing new. I was like, all right. Cool. So we're standing there, and now I notice that it's been 15 minutes. It's been 20 minutes. I'm like, okay, well, it is. It is like 80,000 people. So I mean, this is no shocker. But a half hour goes by, and there's no movement. Literally, no movement whatsoever. It. I mean, it is complete. It was. A, it was a complete nightmare. And the thing that I know, remember was the second period had already started, and. And I, now I'm getting anxious. I'm like, what on earth is taking so long? And fast forward, we've been waiting on the online for like a good hour. So now we missed the entire second period oh. waiting online. Yeah, oh. waiting online. And I vividly remember getting to the getting to the to, to the cashier. Say, listen, I, I want to. I let me get a hot chocolate, some nachos, 
and they're saying, listen, we, we, we had ran out, they ran out of beer. They wow. ran out of beer. That was why they, the line was so long and people were pissed. Like, I can imagine. Because one, <laughs> yeah, because one, nobody really knew what to really expect or what to make of it. And I, and I myself was like, I mean, this is a football stadium, but yet again, and yet again, like, one of my colleagues who from the garden who was actually there reminded me, like, yeah, I remember number one, this is a college environment. This is not like the 2016 Winter Classic. Yeah, you should, have been, you should have been prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you, you should have been prepared for that. Where number two, this isn't like it was at Gillette Stadium, where like it's a pro venue. I was there for that for that Winter Classic for, against Montreal. I was at that. I game, was. I was too. Where, unfortunately. Like, that, yeah, and <laughs> the experience was amazing, but the, but the result, let's not revisit that. <laughs> Dude, I say the same I mean, thing, buddy. I say the same thing all the time. It's like, I will never give up the experience the, with the friends that I went to with my, my boy, Jared, um, up in Canada, and uh, my boy, Arthur, from Canada, too. Um, they came down, got me a ticket, and uh, we went in. So, uh, yeah, it was a great experience, but the game sucked. Yeah, and I mean, it's just, it's pretty, pretty forgettable. So we have freaking Jimmy A's and Zach Ronaldo in that name. But exactly. I digress. <laughs> um, but like, but like, they they ran out of they, they ran out of alcohol, so they had to like re, to, to restock and, and, and like and, re, and restore and so forth. But I missed that entire second period being on that line, and I remember like going back to my buddy Chris and I, and I told him like, yo, you won't believe what happened. I was like, dude, I saw the line. I'm like, yo, that line, that, that, that line was absolutely crazy to say the least. Um, and I remember that, that whole wait was just so ridiculous, but it was so comical because like other Bruins and Blackhawks fans were getting, getting annoyed. It was like, you know, they were like, you know what, screw this. We're going to go back and like, just, just watch and whatnot. And, but that, but that whole day was truly a day I'll never ever forget. I will never forget the aura of being at Notre Dame Stadium, touchdown Jesus, walking around campus with my, with my buddy Chris, seeing the tailgating that was going on between Bruin fans and, and Black and Blackhawk fans, and you know, fast talking and, and and so forth. But one thing that I that I, that I that I will mention is this. And I know I'm sure you, you may you may have seen the photo, the team photo that the Bruins took prior to the game and, and the kind of outfit that they wore. That was so awesome considering that seeing Sedano Chara and all and all and all of his size and, and the other team guys taking photos in 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 like oh peaky blinders twenties, thirties. Huh? The peaky blinders. Yeah, like I mean it was so like Oh my God! It just—it was perfect. Yeah, it was like it straight was just, out, straight out of the Untouchables. <laughs> exactly. It was—it was just like, wow. And then like there, 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 there was an area where like the fans were actually able to line up, see the guys come off the bus, and that was without that I made it all the more like memorable. Like seeing all six foot nine, Sedano Char walk by Bergeron, Marshan, all of these guys just dressed head to toe. In, in these suits, and it was just like, okay, this is not a regular, regular season game. This is the winter classic we're talking about. So, like, it was, it was like, it was pretty, it was pretty special and pretty remarkable. Um, 
And seeing that, that game winning goal by Sean Corrales that gave the Bruins a lead, that, that was that was amazing. That was yeah. truly amazing to see like all the Bruins fans um, rise up in the stadium, you know, like cheer loudly and so forth and get the win. That was all, all in all, that was um, pretty special. Let me let me ask you about the uh, the experience between fans. I know you love the experience as as a hockey fan and being there Absolutely. and so on, but I want to know, like, how did they, they mismatch? I mean, just by walking around. I know you guys did a lot of walking around because there's got to be so much oh, to see. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but what was it like mingling with Chicago Blackhawks fans, an original six, uh, you know, franchise in this league? And, and over the years, you know, I mean, 2013 especially, when the, when the Bruins lost oh, yeah. to, to them. I mean, how did all that gel in, 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 in an area on the road and, and – and especially in an environment that you're not regularly used to. Wow, this this one is is, is a multi layered answer. So so I'm I'm going to do my best to to fully explain in the best way that I can. There's, all right, all right. Hey, shoot. All right, all right. Do, do do it this way. Explain your experience at the at, at Notre Dame, okay? And then after Absolutely. that, explain your experience against an Adams, I'm sorry, Adams division, an Atlantic division rival in Montreal in 2016 and gauge where we're at with those, okay? Absolutely, okay. The first one for, like, in terms of the Blackhawk fans, like, early on, like, when we were walking, because when we, we took the train from Chicago to South, to South Bend, and there were a ton of Blackhawk fans at six in the morning like I remember my buddy and I we walked from our hotel and uh, in Chicago to um to the train station um at, at Millennium Park to take the train from there to South Bend Indiana or the re- regional train service and there were a ton there were tons of Blackhawk fans and Bruin fans like there was one car where there was like predominantly Bruin fans there was another car where there was like Blackhawk fans and like it, the, the chance of let's let's go Bruins, and then the next car was like let's go Hawks, and and it was just like it was it was so fun early that morning. Although it was very early in the morning, Central Time, like about seven 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 o'clock Central Time, and in the sense of the the rival, the original six rival, and then like it wasn't until the first time we got to Notre Dame Stadium. That we started hearing chirps of remember 2013, and and they were like, yeah, remember your team sucks now. Where are you in the standings? <laughs> right, you're not even a contender. And it was like it, it it was that kind of banter where it was like it wasn't hostile at all. It was the good old proverbial trash talking, so to speak. It's thick skin hockey talk. Exactly. Now. 2016. That was a whole different story. Now, <laughs> I'm, shoot, I'm shoot. that's why I interrupted you, man, because I wanted to throw this in. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta throw this one. I gotta throw a curveball. I gotta throw a Canadians game and the rivalry. And exactly. The- so go for it. Go for it, my friend. Exactly. And now 2016, same story. I took, now I took the train from South Station. Now you you also being in the Boston area, both of being Boston guys. Like we we know how the T is and so forth, but for that day, the 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 MBTA, which was 
stating for, for for those for those that aren't lo- that aren't locally that don't live here locally or from here locally, um, that that is the the, the local commuter rail service that's provided for to, for customers to travel that are traveling outside of Boston and so forth in a in a greater Boston region. So they provided commuter rail service from South Station to Gillette, just like they do for Patriots games, like on on, on for, for home Sunday on um, Patriot games and so forth. So. That day, I had never in my life seen a line, and I mean a line filled with Canadian fans and Bruin fans, and there was legitimate trash talking on that line. Like, I mean, from, from the time I got on the train from, from South Station, got to Gillette Stadium, and then the, we want to talk about the parking lot. I mean... The parking lot at Gillette Stadium. I don't know if you. I don't know if you ever gone to a Patriots um, regular season game or not. But oh, yeah. the parking lot is absolute. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely. It's beyond. It's beyond insane for those who have never been there. It's bananas. On that it's day, definitely bananas. <laughs> yeah, and, but on that day, it wasn't. It wasn't the pigskin being thrown around. It was. It was Bruin fans and Canadian fans, and oh my God! If if you were smart enough. To not take a burger from a Canadian fan that day, you were a smart man. <laughs> you were a very smart man <laughs> that, that you that you didn't because the rivalry you you could definitely feel the rivalry. And I and I I tell you I give it this 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 tidbit. You know how at Gillette Stadium when you walk past the CBS scene, right? Yeah. There's that there's that there's that opening where you can actually look inside the stadium. You can see like like field level and so forth. Now. Where I was standing, um, isn't that isn't that near, is that near the tower issue? Yes, or it the is, light, correct. Light, yes. the lighthouse, whatever you want to call the, the, it. The, 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 the lighthouse tower, yes. So I went there pregame. Stood there. Now there's a ton of Canadian fans and Bruins fans. Now from where we were able to see, we looked inside that tunnel where like the players would come out. We saw the Canadians warming up, and we were like, "Boo!" <laughs> Have some, like we were. Oh, oh my God, the, the the trash talking was bad. There were things said that I will not say. Oh, or, 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 like, but like it was bad. Like you've seen guys like Brendan Gallagher, PK PK Subban before he got traded to Nashville, and like and, and like Max Pacioretty, like guys warming up there, and it was like. It was just like, ugh, like a true, genuine animosity where it, it was like, I we just hate the team, like and so forth. Like although Terry Price didn't play, but it was if you remember, if you remember Mike Condon, the guy who, who played for him, the back, the guy who played for him, the, the local kid who yes. fell in for, um, for that game. Oh man, it, the, the animosity for that was was one hundred times more apparent and felt. Than it was for this year's NHL on Winter Classic, and it's just for the simple fact that listen, like, with no explanation needed, but Bruins, Canadians, Boston, Montreal, there's no rivalry like it in in hockey. Period. It's just it's, it, it doesn't match. It doesn't matter if it's Bruins Rangers or Bruins Leafs. Like Bruins is maybe the next closest, but it doesn't it doesn't beat up Boston Montreal. And that day. That experience was truly, was truly unlike any other. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, Shu, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to drop a little commercial right here. We'll be right back. All right, buddy? Sounds good. Passion. Talent. 
development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Johnny Gaudreau. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! Joe Pavelski. Goal! And Shane Gossespierre were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! And we're back, guys. Uh, this is this has been a really cool experience talking to my friend Shu. He is uh, a bull uh, bull gang member at TD Garden. Um, and if you're just jumping in on uh, the the airwaves now, he is uh, one of the guys that transforms hockey into basketball and vice versa. So, uh, Shu, again, I really appreciate uh, you joining me. And, and do me a favor can you uh, can you plug your social media if you uh, want to get some followers? Absolutely. Um, I have I have Twitter. You guys can follow me at Shukri ninety six Yankees, and I also have an Instagram in which that you can you guys can also follow me at Mister dot underscore Traveler. That is Mister M R dot underscore Traveler T R A V E L E R. Um, you could everybody can you guys can follow me there as well. Nice. That's awesome. And uh, a quick question. Are you a Yankees fan? Yes. Obviously. I'm just, uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a baseball guy, my friend. So I was just, you know, no worries. <laughs> um, so uh, I think this would be an appropriate time to really talk about what's going on right now. And the Boston Bruins are in the Stanley cup finals, uh, a place that they haven't been in, in since 2013 against those Chicago Blackhawks that we, we, we talked a, um, a lot about in the first segment, um, which was a fantastic conversation, man. I didn't even – you just basically brought everything that I love into doing podcasts like this. I don't have to prepare nothing. It's, I mean, this is what it's all about, my <laughs> friend. So, so let, me, let me ask you, as a fan from the, uh, from the mid-2000s, man, how are you feeling about this club right now? And, and tell me your thoughts about – what you saw at the beginning of the season leading up to this big moment? Ooh, uh, wow. Um, right now, like, I'm really, really ecstatic. I mean, ecstatic for, like, for, for Boston, um, for, like, for this entire city, and, I mean, and, and as well as all of New England. And it's just, I mean, the excitement and the, the anticipation is unreal. And this really does – this whole week is just going to be absolutely crazy um, in a sense of – in a sense of, like, the, the excitement building up, it does feel like the week before the Super Bowl, so to speak. The only difference is, like, the, it, the, the Stanley Cup will not be decided in one game. Exactly. Uh, in game one. But, but like – That's why I love uh, this for, for all of us 
Yeah, but for all of us that, that love the Patriots, we're, we're all accustomed to, and, and we say this, we say this pridefully and, and arrogantly. We're used to the bye week before the Super Bowl, so to speak. But yeah. um, yeah. But but like, but it always it does feel like that. And you know, going back to September of um 2018 of, la- of, of last year, and like I remember. Going to to the, the Warrior Ice Arena, also oh that's here in my neighborhood, um here in Bryan. Oh really? And you know just 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 yes. Um, um, before you go on, are you are you um going to be attending any of the days at development camp this year? I I certainly hope so. Um, well, I definitely want to be able. To, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Um, I'm just saying that the way that it's lining up to be is the the NHL draft in Vancouver is going to be the. Yeah, I believe it's the twenty first and twenty second, and development believe, camp yeah. could be that next week, either Monday through Thursday or Tuesday through Friday, to keep any of the potential prospects that are uh, drafted uh, that are, that came from Europe or other areas. You know, as long as they're in the same area of North America, why not have them here and do their development camp? But if if you do go to uh, Warrior Ice Arena, man, I'd love to say hi to you in person. Absolutely. I, I Absolutely. schedule. And I, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a crazy hockey guy. All right, this is like this is my addiction. Same here. You know what I mean? And I, and I, I, I can tell. But uh, I I schedule my vacations around these events, and uh, I'm I'm not like a full credentialed uh, media member, but I'm working my way there very hard. It's been a long struggle. Um, it's been about yeah. three or four years that, that I've invested my, my life into uh, conquering this, this, this climb. And I know I'm going to get there sooner or later. I just want one game yeah. at this point. And if I don't get to the ninth floor ever again after that, then, then it is what it is. But I love what I do. And I love, com- I love what it, you know, bringing my thoughts uh, in, co- in written content on the website and then talking to folks like you. You know, so it, it's been a real thrill so far, and I and I look forward to it. But you know, having that having that credentialed C on your shoulder, it just means so much to me right now. But but anyway, enough about me. It's uh, it's all about my guest today, my friend. Well, 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 cer- well certainly. I mean, it's definitely a um a, a dream, and you know, and, and a goal that they would work hard towards, and it's something that I I can relate to because it's something that. I am very um, passionate about, you know, like journalism, sports journalism and, and, and broadcasting and so forth. So like, I, I completely get and feel your passion because I, I, that's something that, that's well, something that you, you, you see that you have it or you don't. There's, you, can't, you can't fake it. And it's 100% apparent that, um, um, that, that, that it's there. And I, I definitely, uh, I, I I wish you nothing but um I, but 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 absolute joy and success. And hey, do you write you? Um, I do on a part time basis. I, I I have written for the um, the Yahoo Way Report, um, discussing things all, all things Boston Red Sox. Brother, and, we're always um, looking for we're always looking for writers over at Black and Gold. So shoot me a DM if you're ever interested in joining our team. Yeah. Oh my God. As a matter of fact, I. I, I, I will. Um after the after the episode in fact um Yeah, I'll send I'll send you to... I'll send you an article and I'll tag you in it and that the article has all the requirements that we we like to have from our writers and if you want to look through that and if you want to continue, uh do talk to me, brother. I got you. absolutely. I, I believe this is something I've been looking for for, for, for the longest of time. So absolutely. Yes. Nice. 
But Brad, uh, bring, absolutely. But what, what, bringing it back to this, bringing it back to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Sorry, brother. No, no worries. How you feeling? You feeling um, good? I am. I'm feeling. I'm feeling excited. I'm re- really, really excited. I, and I want to try to put this all into words as, as much as I possibly can. And um, go back to what I was. I was talking about back in September. Um, going back to like when training camp started and watching, you know, the guys like the guys like Pasternak, Marshan, Bergeron, and um, and as well as the young the young guns like Erhard you know, like um, Stadnika, and like watching like the process and so forth. I said, you know, I'm really interested this season to see where it's going to take us because one last season, I feel like was a massive step in the right direction, considering that one, we had the second highest point total in the NHL behind Tampa, behind Tampa Bay. Um, but, but behind Tampa Bay last season, we're talking about on 2017-18 season. And I remember, so, um, actually in the East, rather, excuse me, because um, Nashville had, had the President's Trophy last season, pardon yeah. me. And I remember, I remember thinking that, you know, what does the year, the second full season for Bruce Cassidy has in store? Now, remind everyone out there, Cassidy took over Claude Julian I just a little, a little halfway through the 2016-17 season where Julian was fired and so forth. So I, I was most interested in seeing, like, what this year, year the second full season Hulk have in store for Cassidy, where... Certainly paying dividends. Yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was a progression going to continue and what was going to be uh, the expectation. And, and I, remember, I remember hearing that, you know, like, this team, like, the expectation is to... Is to was to get to the Stanley Cup Finals, which I mean, which is which was wonderful, considering that in training camp, that's where that's the expectation is to get to get another Stanley Cup, and and that was the talk last year after we had gotten eliminated by Tampa Bay in the second round. That you know, what chance are we going to have? Like we have maybe one one more legitimate chance to to get the core group of Sedano Chara, David Krejci, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand. And, uh, and to caress and, and uh, to get to another Stanley Cup final, the, but the thing that I remember most, and this this particular moment, I so a, a fan on my Facebook uh, reminded me of this, and it really brought back some major memories. Now, remember opening night in Washington, oh. we're there to watch the oh, Capitals. Geez. Raised the Santa Cup, Santa Cup banner, the whole pop and circumstance, opening night on, on, on national television and so forth. Now, what I'm not, what I'm about to talk about is is not specifically the results, but there was a moment in that game that I did not, I don't think anybody really thought about it at that time. We being really being completely honest here, I don't think any of us really thought about it at that time. But when I talk about this moment, you're gonna be like, oh my god, that moment spoke volumes. It was the Brad Marshall Lars Ellis fight in that game, late in that game. I if remember you that. Remember, if you remember Lars Ellis punching yeah. the Bruins bench. Yeah, I remember that, if brother. You, if, yep. if you remember that moment and how pissed that team got and Brad Marshall took it upon himself to completely bloody Lars Ellis. And if you, and if you, 
And for those that are listening, if you don't remember, go YouTube that fight, opening night. That fight between Marshan and Lars Ellis spoke volumes. Because if, because if you also remember, there was talk about how this team doesn't have any enforcers left. There was no toughness on that team the way that we I had it on that 2011. I'm so sick of that narrative. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember that that whole discussion was like, but Marshan said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to stand up for the guys and the heck with it. The heck with it. And I didn't think much of it at that point. But man, what a message did it, did it send. But that was one particular moment that really that, that stood out looking back on it. But but that but that wasn't that but that wasn't it. There was two actually. The first one, when Sedano Charles went down in that game against Colorado in November. Remember the remember the, 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 the injury that he had? There was a lower body injury he had. He missed a significant amount of amount of time. Yeah, nineteen games, right, bud? Yeah, yeah. And Patrice Bergeron also went down. Nineteen so games too. Amount of time as well. How weird is that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like Kevin Miller, not lo- not long after, also went down. After, if I remember correctly, it was against Toronto. He took a he took a slap shot, I believe, off the, if, I, if I remember correctly, off the face as well. But we had key guys go down at significant chunks and t- of time of the season, but yet this team. Just state the course. Next yeah, man up mentality, big guy. It, exactly. It was stay the course, next man up mentality. They continued to, to play well and to, and, to, and to do as well as they did. And the thing that impressed me the most at that time, look, looking back on it, as we're going through like the entire month of November, going into approaching like we're right before Christmas, it was like, wow, these guys. They're actually still in contention. They still have. They still had a playoff spot, you know. And yeah. this is before the Bruins got um, got, got red hot in the second half of the season. So, and the thing that really stood out to me was like, this resilience is is def- is something to be said about this. Actually, yeah, sure. Something I, to be said. I said. I said on our uh, our original program, the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Um, we're everywhere. We're on Spotify and. I'm not sure if you're a listener, but check us out if you would. Um, uh, yeah. But uh, I, I said that this team has gotten kicked in the nuts all season with injuries and, and what, yeah. what have you. There's been a lot of trials and tribulations through this campaign. There's no doubt about it. But it's just the way that they all work together, gelled, found chemistry in areas that you wouldn't have chemistry because of a guy's down. It's just that, like I said, next mentality up. But I agree. It's the love, it's the brotherhood, it's the team, it's the it's not on your back, it's in front of you. It's that Jake DeBrusque moment that you grab that B and you're shaking it when you're looking down that bench of twenty of eighteen guys, or I'm sorry, my math is terrible. Amesbury math, thirteen guys on that bench. <laughs> thirteen guys yeah. on that bench, and you're showing every one of those guys what you mean to them. That's that's what this team's all about. And I believe that that team is gonna Go right into the Stanley Cup final with a, on a mission that you cannot let up on, regardless if it's the San Jose Sharks, if it's the St. Louis Blues. To me, both of those teams are Western, West Coast threats. They bring a absolutely. They bring a very powerful and potent offense to you. 
and they can expose certain areas, especially on defense. So Daniel Chara is a little light on the foot, 42 years old. He's got a brace on that knee. That brace has been on that knee. Yeah. Court, Court Lalonde, my boy, he on a Black and Gold Hockey podcast host, he brought this up on the video that, that Bruce was in the locker room, really giving it to him, like dropping the F-bombs. Oh, if I you, remember. Yeah. If, if you stop that video at a certain time, there is a brace on that knee. So they won't go after the McAvoy side. We, are, we talked about this over and over on, on our previous show. But regardless of what offense, Logan Couture is having an unbelievable playoff. Timo Meyer, you know, the defense, Mark Audenway Vlasic, uh, you know, Thornton's playing well. And then, you, you, yeah. I mean, this all-star is on both clubs that you just need to be ready for. What do you think about the rest? Do you think that 11 days is going to help or hurt this uh, Boston Bruins club? I think it's going to help. And, and for this one reason here, and, I, and, as we, and before I continue, I definitely want to point out that St. Louis is actually about to go up 3-2 in, in that series. They're, they're up big 5 nothing right now. And it's oh, that, game, that game's on? Yeah, live right now on NBC. Oh, I, I work and, way too hard. <laughs> I, didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even know it was on, but I'm, I'm, I'm switching it right now. Damn. No, yeah, they're up 5 nothing. Um, late, late in the third, they're, up, they're about to go up 3-2 three, three, in that series. But, um, but, to, but, to, but to answer your um, – but to, but to answer your question, I, I want I there's definitely there's definitely something to be said um, in terms of the the rest and so forth. Now this isn't a young team. This is a team that's that is definitely banged up. It's been banged up all year, and I know the talk has been the lo- the layoff is too long and so forth. I'm worried. I don't I don't know if this team is going to be able to to sustain it and so forth. There's a few things I want to say to that, actually. First and foremost, this is, this, this, these guys are older, much older. This team is banged up right now. And you're, when you're playing into June, basically, like, everybody's banged up. And you're talking about guys like Chara, who's 42 years old. He's not getting any younger. Um, you talk about other guys like like, like, like a Kevin Miller or even a Chris Wagner and Hope's Crop. Hopefully that he can, they they can both return for the cup final. Um, I mean, but either way, like you have guys are dealing with nagging injuries, so this is an opportunity to to know to, to like heal up and so forth. And I think that it would help this team in a sense of getting healthy as much as possible, and as well as I'm not concerned about the layoff in terms of their ability to stay sharp. I think they will they will be they will they will be just fine in that department, especially after what we saw yesterday. I don't know if you saw yesterday's um, press conference with Don Tweeney, but he mentioned that, you know, there's a, there's a team here locally that has dealt with. Um, I was just about a, to bring that up because I know you're a huge Bruins fan, uh, but go ahead. Like, yeah, like that, that has dealt with a long layoff in between um, games and so forth. Now maybe we can and won a couple championships. Ah, Humble brag. Yeah, they they won, they, <laughs> they won, you know, they, they won maybe, you know, just maybe they've they only won six championships doing that. You know? Oh, you know what's funny though? And, you know what's funny? If I look if I look behind my in my uh studio, I have a banner that has all the Bruins championship uh, years. Indeed. 
And, uh, oh, would that be so sweet if the Bruins win one and they go jump ahead of the uh, Patriots? Yeah. Jump ahead of the Patriots, huh? <laughs> but, hey, do you think, hey, do you think Boston Radio would change their tune if um, the, uh, the Boston Bruins now have one more championship than the New England Patriots? Oh, man. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I, so. I, 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 don't, I don't think so. Only Money only dictates because, everything. Um, Money dictates everything. It, it, it's all corporate it, strings. It, That's why I do this. That's why I do this and bring it all to everybody because I want to hear what everybody has to say no matter what. If you're a professional, you want to come on the show, or if you're a fan that just is passionate enough to, to talk and, and have a great conversation, yep. just like what we're doing, man. And, and thank you again for coming on the, the program because this has been an unbelievable experience. I really look forward to having you on again and hopefully working with you Absolutely. in the future. Yes, I, I, I absolutely love to, um, to, to do this again with you and as well as I like, work, work, work with you. And, but I want to um, answer um, your, your question in, in, in length. And absolutely. I want to I wanna, I wanna, um, point out an, an interesting um, fact that, that, was, that was brought up um, during this past week. The last team to win the Stanley Cup final after sweeping the, the conference final Guess what team that was? That uh, was Chicago Blackhawks in 2010. Yeah, uh, who did they sweep? They, if I, I'm, I'm actually, I can actually. That tell was the, you. that was the year um, they beat the Flyers, right? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Shit. That was the year. That was the year they beat the Flyers, and to make matters worse, that was also the year that they had also. Um, oh no! Was that the year Krejci went down? Was that the year Krejci went down and they and then the Flyers was, came back and was, just whipped my ass? It, that was. Let me tell I, you. You don't want to know what? Oh, oh, let me tell you a quick story. <laughs> yeah, we were up three to nothing, and I happened to I know what I happened to know at the time uh, a person that was from the Pennsylvania area that drank at the mm -hmm. same place that I did, or I just happened to be you know, in the same area. And I, I said, I, I gave her, her, uh, I was picking on her a bit, but um, I gave her the, you know, the, hey, you know, what time is it? It's, uh, it's three up on Philly, some kind of crap like that. And uh, wow, did karma kick my freaking ass. <laughs> oh, I felt, man. I felt so bad oh, after that. Um, and, and, and I don't believe this woman will ever let me live it up. Every time I see her, she uh, brings that, that moment up. So. Yeah, that was karma, oh, big geez. time. Karma, karma, karma. Oh, for sure. It was San Jose in 2010. They beat a conference final. They swept, which include which included an overtime game actually, um, in, in, in that game three. And funny enough, funny enough, like they were that was the last time they had uh, that a team that swept the conference final won on the Winter Cup. That team had a six day layoff between. That game, which was which was May twenty third of twenty ten, and game one of the Cup final against Philadelphia on May 29th, again again two thousand ten. So there was a six day layoff. So I am well aware of the of the rest versus rust factor. I just think that um, that this team is just so focused, and they know they know and understand and understand that. Just, just how this opportunity 
it's really the last great opportunity that they've had to to really to go to make a run like this. And 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 that's why I feel like I'm not worried. This team is really as as, as focused as I've ever seen it, as, as far as that I can remember. And 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 dare I say that this Bruins team has had an edge to them this entire this entire um, second half in particular. And I think that when I when I really when I really look back up on, on this season so far up to this point, um, there's a few things that really stand up to me in in, in, in my mind in terms of this team. Number one, this the mental toughness of this team is unbelievable. The mental toughness of this team is unbelievable for everything that they dealt with in terms of injuries, in terms of when when when, when they when they had their moments, when they when they had a 19 game point streak back in February and so forth, February early March. And this team has God Tuchel was phenomenal during that. Yeah, and, and he he was absolutely phenomenal d- during that point. And I really think that if you are the Bruins right now, I feel that listen, this is an opportunity. This is the opportunity, and they all know it. And I and I said, and I was telling a friend of mine this actually um, during the first round. During the first round of the Toronto um, series, that you know, at that point, Tampa Bay had just gotten swept by Columbus, which which was really the biggest eye opener. At any, no Bruin fan can be sitting here right now, a month and a half later, saying that that wasn't that wasn't the moment that you knew that this team has a chance. wasn't wasn't it so much based on the play of the Bruins. wasn't so much just in terms of that, but in terms of the road to getting back to the Stanley Cup final. That that was for sure one hundred percent the moment that I knew. But what really solidified it was the night of Game Seven, Carolina Washington. That was when I knew, oh my God, if Washington loses, do you not understand that the door the diamond of the door has been has been wide has been blown wide open? It's completely ajar. And lo and behold, when they lost in, in that double overtime game, that was what I said. This team has no excuse. The very next day, on my Facebook, I said I said it out loud to my friends who, who I have a, a ton of friends who are Ranger fans. I said this team has no excuse. Watch, watch. They they they, they know now. They have no excuse. Pittsburgh swept by Pittsburgh swept by the Islanders. <laughs> Washington eliminated. Tampa Bay eliminated. All of the teams. It's certainly been a that crazy has, playoff, man. Yeah, it's been absolutely crazy. And now that San Jose is now down 3-2 to St. Louis, I'm praying that St. Louis wins game six. And imagine saying how he loses. Are you saying you want that team to rest too, big guy? Yes. <laughs> I if knew it. <laughs> St. Louis is almost like you're in studio with me, man. <laughs> I, I, you know what? Yeah, same here, man. You know what? Let me tell you something. If St. Louis loses, sorry, St. Louis wins, and San Jose loses, you want to talk about ultimate hockey karma? Oh, yeah. You want to talk about the ultimate hockey karma after so much has been made about the hand pass in yeah. which San Jose should, should not, they shouldn't have won? They shouldn't have won that game three. Yeah, that was bullshit, by oh, the man. way. That was absolutely It really bullshit. was. Can't believe they it's let that go. And the officiating, again, I hate, I hate, yeah. I hate bitching about it, but 
You, they got to get it right. It doesn't matter what season it is, regular season, the playoffs. You got to get it right. Amen. Go by the book. Fucking crazy. Amen. Absolutely. And, crazy. It, it, and, what's in, and what's insane is this. What's insane to me is that Shark fans, they didn't want to see, they don't, they didn't want to hear when I said that, that they should not want that game. They shouldn't have won it in a way that they want it, based on a hand pass. If uh, it was a regular slap shot, crazy bounce, sure, hockey fan, you can live with that. It happens. Sure, you move on. But every hockey, every knowledgeable hockey fan knows when a hand pass is made, you blow the play dead. Yep, as soon as you got to touch it, dead puck, so dead puck. Quick. That's a dead puck. But Shark fans were so adamant about defending it, well, they should have blown the lead. That's not the point. Right. That's not the point. You know the rules. The rules stipulates that if it's a hand pass in the offensive zone, that's a dead puck. There's nothing more to talk about. So that's why I'm like, you know what? St. Louis, wrap it up in game six. That nice. is the ultimate hockey karma because you know what? San Jose has had such an incredible, lucky ride through these playoffs so far. It's made me sick. And, it, and I'm going back to game seven against Vegas. That call, you want to talk about a call that literally ripped the sternum of the Vegas Golden Knights? That was it. That, that call on that hit on Joe from Joe Pavelski that led to a five-minute major, which, by the way, should, it shouldn't have been a five-minute major. should have been maybe a two-minute one at most. Jesus. That right there, oh, my God. That right there will be poetic justice. If St. Louis can win and can clinch it on Tuesday night in game six at home, poetic justice. Now, all right, so how about poetic justice on this, on the other side, and this one coming sure. from his, this one coming from history, shoe. What about this matchup yeah. in the 1970s if it does come down to the St. Louis Blues? How about that poetic justice? Whew. Wow. And, and where, you know, I mean, you know what pisses me off about this whole thing sometimes? It's like, is, is you, I've been, I'm 43 years old. I'm not sure if you want to mention your age, but. I've been around for a while, so I can see the trends through some of the generations. I've seen hockey through the late sure. 70s. I've seen hockey in the, early, in the 80s, 90s, and whatever. But you see the trend of the game. Um, totally lost where I was going with that. But anyway. <laughs> you, you, you mentioned about, like, you mentioned, mentioned about the trend of the game and the style of the way with the game has as, as played, as, especially with every decade that's gone by. Um, I'm 27. Going oh, okay. 28. Yeah. So yeah. So you know. And yeah, like so, like I've seen this sport tra go from the death trap of the New Jersey Devils, the yeah, exactly. Devils teams of the night uh, the, of the of of '95 to like even like in the early 2000s and so forth. Hate Limerello. Like, but you know what? That, that that man that man is a winner. He's smart. He's that so man smart. Is a, that, that he that so man smart. is a winner, but you know, he, you know, he knows something. He, I think I'm not afraid to say this, but he may very well be the greatest general manager of all time. Yeah. Hey, let because, me tell you a little nugget about Lou. Uh, there's a uh, there was a former um, long time ago. Uh, there was a semi-professional team here in Amesbury, Massachusetts, called the Amesbury Maple, wow. and uh, they were they were ranked. Um, well, they were heavily rumored to be the 
best amateur club in the United States from like the late twenties to the uh, mid forties. And uh, Lou Lamorello actually played with one of the guys. Uh, it was actually my, my, my gym teacher, uh, uh, Leo Dupree. And Leo played for Northeastern University, and he was an, an All-American. All oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, oh, the ties are amazing. It's like you, you ever get that, um, that like six degrees of separation or whatever. I don't, get, I don't get that whole theory. But you know how you, you tie every player mm -hmm. to a certain area? I would love to really oh, yeah, get sure. more involved in that and see where all of these former Maples played with former players like uh, Lou and so on. So it was kind of a cool little story, you know what I mean? Brings it back to my town. That's awesome. I'm actually not sure. from Boston. I'm, I'm actually uh, uh, 40 minutes north of Boston. I'm in Amesbury, which is like on the border. Oh, yeah, of, North Shore. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I'm right on the border of New Hampshire. So, yeah. So I do my travel. Wow, I do my travel, cool. big guy. I go. I I, <laughs> I do the tea, then I Uber over to Moria uh, Ice Arena on the regular, and uh, and, yeah. and and hopefully soon. I'm hoping next year at least one time that uh, one trip is from the uh, the MBTA commuter rail from Newport right into TD Garden and walk right upstairs to the ninth floor. So that's my mission. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, and, and may may come to uh, to fruition, and 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 also I think more than anything else, um, it's one it's one of the it's one of the the, the funny things about Lula Marillo, and like I got really got to give him a lot of credit because for him to do what he did for so many years in New Jersey, he was he he, he was a general manager for for those double teams that went to the Cup Finals five times, once went to win three of them. And on top of that, you go to Toronto, and you successfully rebuilt that that organization to what it is now, with with, with guys like Austin Matthews, uh, William Meland, and Mitch Marner. Yeah, you know, like to be to be to be part of that process, and then for him to go to the Islanders, and for and, and what we saw from the Islanders this past season, I think it's just the beginning, especially especially for a guy who was. With had success wherever he's been, from New Jersey to Toronto, now in the New York metropolitan area with the Islanders, like it's it's you you can't help but marvel. Like, listen, his system works, and and he's won. Hey, you know what I so like about it, those, Sue? Yeah, I I really like uh, the fact that it's it's kind of got a family tie to it because uh, you know Lou Lamarillo is the general manager of the New York Islanders, but his son is the general manager down in Bridgeport. Wow. So, so it, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm just a hockey geek like that. So cause I watch a lot of <laughs> AHL games. I watch a lot of AHL games. And you always hear the mention of the general managers when the, when the games start and so on. So, um, yeah, and wow. you always hear that name. So, uh, yeah, they, yeah, so they're working in the, in the organization. And, and that's just a great breeding ground for, for knowledge. You know, you're, you're, you got your dad right there in the same you're only probably an office away to, to talk if you need any advice. That's, it's just amazing how the ties like that. But, you know, this might be uh, uh, Lou's way of grooming his son into, uh, you know, the, uh, the Bowman, you know, you know, the Scotty Bowman kind of thing that, that uh, him and his Absolutely. father did it, with, um, with uh, the Bo I can't remember his name now. What, what, what's the uh, Blackhawks uh, GM? Scotty's his father, but, I can't remember the other dude's name. Stan, Stan, Stan Bowman. Stan Bowman. That's it. Thank you very much. 
Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably just like something that you know they they they're working together and then then we'll call it quits. Because damn, that guy's got to be near eighty years old now. Yeah, he's he's still kicking it very well, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Spirit, so still the witty and 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 smart Alex of a, of the man that he was. Like, what I remember when he was the head coach in Detroit, especially Listen, er, er, early earlier this millennium. Some of the people that I talk to, man, they say that he has you know if you have a little stubble on your face. Like I have a goatee. That's not allowed in Lou's thing. But if you don't, if you don't shave, if you don't shave on a daily basis, he'll literally come in and look at you and say, "Hey, fucking shave that," and you know what I mean. It just—I mean—it's intimidating. I heard. So if you, you know, if you're not wow. up on your, if you're not up in the whole manscaping thing, he gets on your ass. Unreal. <laughs> It's—I mean, it's—it's it's crazy. It's crazy just just to um just to even. Just think about, like, I mean, this, this, we're talking about the greatest head coach in NFL history. This is the same man who, I mean, was the head coach of those great Montreal Canadian teams of the seventies. Like, that you, you, you that had guys like Hall of Fame was like King Dryden and and like Guy Lafleur, like the uh, one of the great defensemen of all time, and Larry Robinson, who I, who I actually was a really big fan of when he was a head coach of New Jersey yep. of the New Jersey Devils. Um, yep. um, when he took over, um, late in the nineteen ninety nine two thousand season. Yeah, that and, trap um, style, man. That, that that trap style defense, yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, crazy. Just crazy. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, it helps when you have like all-time great defensemen in in Scott Stevens, who arguably is, in my opinion, the most feared defenseman that ever played. In my opinion, after I would say after um, Eddie Shore, but probably even more feared than Eddie Shore, considering considering the type of hits. That was, by the way, for those for the young listeners, that was allowed back back in the late '90s and early 2000s, where you can obliterate a guy coming through the neutral zone yeah. um, with the puck, a la freaking Eric Lindros in the 2000 Eastern Conference Finals, if you remember that hit, um, and as well as the, the hit on Paul Korea in the 2003 Stanley Cup Final, um, but like, but that, I, but especially like we have guys like, like. Uh, like Stevens, Ken Danico, and another yeah, guy. Yeah, I was just, mine. dude, I was just about but, to drop the Danico on you, man. I was just about yeah. to drop that, but yeah, no, good one, good one. <laughs> yeah, and but 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 like, it definitely helps. We have the personnel to do that, you know. And but like, but like, we talk about um, Scotty Bowman. And it's it's like, I mean, look at the guys that he's, that he's coached. I oh mean, my God. We, like, we, we, we talked the we Canadians, talked the the, like, the Penguins, the, those, the, the guys the, done the everything. Penguin, yeah, and the, the Red, I mean, we didn't talk about the Red Wings. We got guys like Steve Yeiserman, who is one of my one of my one of my favorites from, from my from my childhood. Steve Yeiserman, Nick Lidstrom. I mean, I mean, like Dominic Hasek made his career when he was a backup into Chris Oscar. Um, yep. You know, like like all of those guys that 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 he coached as well. And, and I mean, how dare we forget um forget like Pavel Datsuk. Yeah. Because like, he was a rookie when you when he won the Stanley Cup in, in two thousand two. Fucking magic um, when man. You, when on, yeah, un, unbelievable. And actually, by the way, speaking of words, there's a legitimate rumor that he may come back to the Red Wings this coming See, season. All right, all right, all right. What do you think about stuff like that? I, I, you know, basically he did what Ilya Kovalchuk did. He went and chased the money because 
at the time, Datsuk was going on a million dollars a year. His contract was heavy loaded in the front. So his last yeah. remaining years were all like million, 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 million when he's getting offers that he could re retire or something and then go over yeah. and, and pay no taxes and get like six or seven million dollars over the KHL. I don't like that, but now he wants to come back. I don't, you know what I mean? I just don't understand that. I mean, the last time I knew his contract, which he wasn't even playing on, it was just one of those paper contracts and those and the dollar value on the AAV of the cap hit and the you know the the, the NHL mandated cap hit had him on there, even though he's still playing over there. So makes absolutely no sense to me. And now you want to come back? It's like begging forgiveness. It's like, why should we leave in the first place? You you had the talent to stay in the fucking league. <laughs> it's a, and in, you know, it's funny. Like the reason that he gave was because he wanted to be closer to his family, which was which was I I actually it, it wasn't BS. It was actually a legitimate. You know, and I get um, that. I really do. I really do. But in in today's, you know what I mean? That guy's got enough money that if anything happens. And I'm and I'm sorry if I'm if I'm if I sound like I'm being insensitive at all, but that guy can literally get a plane whenever he wants and be in Russia in a matter of twelve hours. I get it, you know what I mean. So, yeah. but it, it, you you gotta you gotta put your commitment with your family first. I understand that, but you also your profession as well, and 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 to be a teammate. And what he did. I don't believe is appropriate. And when you're, when you're part of a family and, and, and essentially that's what it is. And you basically screwed your family. Just like Tim Thomas did. Don't, you know, and I, and I can't stand when people say it, it didn't happen. You know, he held out because there were heavy rumors that the Bruins were going to trade him. And he thought that that was disrespectful. So he held out for a season. Yeah. You know, I just can't stand when people, when players do that. It's just, you sign the contract, obligate by it, and be and be a good pro while while within those 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 limits of that contract. I just I just be a little more respectful, like and then I, I remember back in when when Ilya Kovalchuk was coming, you know the rumors, and there was a lot of people that said we should oh, yeah. sign him, we should sign him. I'm like, why? Because he could play. Oh, why? No. Because he could play both sides of the. He could play left and the right side. Oh, we have Solaric that does that for uh, under a million dollars. And he's probably a better heavy hitting player than than Kovalchuk coming back at at 36, and, uh, and on money that he doesn't deserve because he what he did to New Jersey, you know what I mean? It's just oh, I don't get the. I agree. That's why I I just think that the 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 Bruins stayed away from like getting these Russians and so on. Go for the Czechs, go for the Finns, and blah blah blah. So. And here's and here's the thing, like okay, I remember last season. Last offseason, like, when we didn't get John Tavares and the talk was maybe they, they have a chance of getting, like, a guy like Elia Kovalchuk and so forth. But well, of course, of course you, you're going to work your way down. You're going to work your way down from the pecking order of John Tavares, and if you, don't, if you can't entertain a, a value with him, then you go down. But I understand what you're saying. Like, but my my whole thing was like, I just like, no, I don't, I don't even want Kovalchuk on the Bruins. For the simple, simple fact that number one, it's been how long since he's played in the NHL? Exactly. And and I mean, the NHL game and the KHL game are two different games. 
But like, I mean, it's it just is. I mean, yeah, it's hockey still, but there's a different level of hockey that's being played. And I just I just feel like and now, like what 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 that's sort of like. I, it wasn't even so much about money. Like I, I'm actually be be more willing in understanding if he came back if, if the Red Wings decided to bring him back. Excuse me. <coughs> no and I I think that if you're the Red Wings, you have I think you have to consider it in a very least. So listen, you're still in the rebuild. You're not done. Although yes, you have you have CGI coming back as GM. You brought him back into the fold. Yeah, but that's not gonna all gonna happen in a year either. Exactly. It's it's gonna take time. Exactly. It's gonna take at least two, three years in the very least. Which which again which right back to Bruins talk, which makes what Don Sweeney did beginning in the summer of twenty fifteen all the more impressive. And it's in the first two years that the Bruins missed the playoffs after he took over. It wasn't a byproduct because of the fact the Bruins were, were rebuilding. It was a byproduct because of the fact the Bruins had two late season collapse under <laughs> under Claude Julian. Yeah. So, yeah. so which made it all the more impressive that he was able to rebuild and restock the farm system and the time and the manner in which he was able to. Yep. Which makes him the envy of the rest of the, of the rest of the league. Because that's exactly what his predecessor did in Peter Shirelli. Peter Shirelli started the whole buildup of, of building the, these players, even though he was dumb in trading a lot of prospects. Like, like Cam Neely was saying, mm-hmm. he was, he, they were sprinkling prospects all over the league, you know, and they were, and they were flourishing their careers in other areas of, the, of North America. But yeah. what, what Don Sweeney has done has done exactly what he did. Remember when – um, the the seven straight years, which basically led to a Stanley Cup for the Boston Bruins, that and then yeah. and then there's a lull. You go down underneath the scope, and now you're now you're in the building mode. You were out of the playoffs for two two years, I believe, and then you came back and yeah. the and the rise up. This is all a trend, and people don't understand that this happens. I mean, it's just because the freaking Patriots are really good. You know, they set a standard in the city, but it's like, come on, you gotta. The expectations are if you get there, you get there. That's awesome, but don't expect it to be there every year because it yeah. doesn't happen like that. I, I agree. And Armchair GMs, I love them. It's like stay off, it's, stay, it's stay off capfriendly.com, that little toy up there. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, and, and, I, I, and the I video game, the video game. The video game is killing yeah, me. It's I like, never touched. It's like thirty players, mm-hmm. thirty players for fifteen. Hit the button and it's accepted. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, what are you talking exactly. about? Exactly. It's, it's it's absolutely it's 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 insane. And it's and it's funny because like, and we we talk about how like that this there's a standard and it and there's a standard in the city and so forth. And the Patriots, and on so many levels. Have, have spoiled spoiled us rotten and, and, and whatnot in terms of in terms of like the excellence and being able to contend every year for us. But Super it also Bowl, sets which, a standard too. It, and it set the standard, which it just it just will not happen anywhere else. It just won't. Not even the great dynasty teams of the Steelers in the seventies can even match. No, no, no team can like no team in any league or profession can ever like. 
match what the Patriots have done, especially on the last darn near 20 years. And yeah. I think when you look at you, we go back into hockey looking at the Bruins, like, this is why I, I've always felt like this is not an overnight thing. It's, it, it's a time. Yeah. And it took time for the Bruins to, and, and if we're being honest here, as Bruins fans, like, this, this, this didn't happen overnight. You got to go back to the drafting and, and the job that Don Sweeney did. And and I'm going to start with 2015 where I and, – and this is going to sound very harsh. I think that was his worst draft. 100% I think that was his worst draft. Oh, you're passing on Barzell. You're passing on, on players like um, – oh, yeah. name, name a few for me, brother. Yes, the talent, the, the, yeah. the talent that he passed was, was so maddening was so infuriating. And I understand that. And the reach with Sinishin. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Sinishin. I'm a huge fan of Sinishin, and I love talking to this kid. He's very, very, very mature for his age, and he plays a really good game. I think he's molding into a really good pro. But he's just not yeah. any NHL pro ready yet, and just needs that time. And just because, and I say this all the time on my Black and Gold Hockey podcast with, with Court Lalonde and Rob Tomlin, I – I don't know. It, 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 there's no need anymore to rush a player as soon as he leaves the podium to get him in the NHL. You have to mold these players. You know, you have to nurture them. You have to, you know, get. I think that a lot of that nurturing was a little left away with the, the whole Sagan thing. And they got him a little wild, uh, a little too early, and which forced them to make a stupid decision. But uh, it is what it is. I mean, you can't repeat history, so. But all I'm saying is, yeah. All I'm saying is, I'm just hoping that uh, this Monday, this coming Monday, the team gets off on a on a really good foot with a huge win. Uh, they have the home ice. Uh, it's just, uh, I'm I'm feeling really good about this series. I know, regardless of who it is, I think that you you yeah. know you, you, the the Bruins need to have that physicality that they've had, but also have that uh, offensive skill. But they're going to need to to bring everything against the team. So, what do you your thoughts on uh, on the on the next series? And um, um, I don't know who you got winning. Obviously, I think I think honestly the first fifteen minutes of Game One of the Cup Final next Monday will be very telling. It'll be telling because one, you will get a sense as to where the level of sharpness is for for this team, and I think that. It will it, it will come down to execution and and this and where the Bruins are in terms of their their level and their ability to execute and this is which is why I, I really I genuinely cannot wait to see to see to see what happens especially especially for guys who are going to be coming back off of injury or what type of impact that they can make and you know right now listen. The Blues coming back to St. Louis down uh, up three two is huge. I fully expect the Blues to close it out on on, on Tuesday, one hundred percent. Will it be easy? No, but I expect this team to to close it out and and to take on the, the Boston Bruins. And if it does happen, we want to talk about another lucky break the Bruins have received in these playoffs in a year that which they have gotten so many. But I feel that. The Bruins, I think 
this I think the Stanley Cup final, I expected to go six games. Yeah. I'm, because, I'm with because you. I fully I'm with you. I, I fully I fully expected to go six games. And I genuinely believe wholeheartedly that the Bruins will win the cup, but it's gonna it's gonna go six games minimum, mm-hmm. if not seven. But I expected to go six because because of one the layoff, I feel like it will impact this team early on in the series. No questions asked. It will. It will impact them. Well, let's not be naive and let's not get ahead of ourselves. But I do think that in the six games, the Bruins, whoever they play, whether it's San Jose or St. Louis, and I'm and I'm and I'm openly rooting for St. Louis to to get in. I just think that ultimately, this team does have the pieces and the experience to to get the job done in six games, and I really believe that they will. Yes, that's awesome, man. Hey, listen, I, I've taken up enough of your time, man, and, and I just want to really thank you for, for everything. This has been a really, really great experience. It's really good to know you. Glad you reached out, and that's exactly what I'd like to, for the people to do. It's like, don't be afraid to come on. Reach out to me. Let's make some time. You know, I do my background checks, by the way, because you know, I know you, you, you uh, sneaky people, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. but no, no, sure. You're a good guy. I really appreciate, uh, you coming on. Um, and geez, we talked for uh, about an hour and 20 minutes. So that's, that's really, that's really cool, man. No, no definitely. And, and definitely thank you for having me on. Like it's, it's this this definitely has been an absolute blast and a thrill. And I definitely, um, as I mentioned, I definitely would love to, uh, to, to do this again. And as well as, um, to, as possibly, Join the um the, the Bruins um um website and and and, and possibly write, write for you guys. I think it would, it, I think it definitely be it'd be um wonderful to, to be able to do that. Nice. Well, we'll definitely talk, man. I'll I'll shoot you in uh the email, the article, and so on, and we'll uh we'll uh, we'll talk about it and get you on board as soon as possible. Definitely, I look I look forward to it. And thank you so much for the um for the opportunity. I really do I really do appreciate it. It, it means everything. Do me a favor, Shu, and, uh, and plug your Twitter account so our, our, our listeners can follow you. Absolutely. Um, you can follow me at, on Twitter at Shukri, S-H-U-K-R-I 96 Yankees. At, sorry, I was about to say um, an email. It's silly me. Um, <laughs> it's at Shukri 96, S-H-U-K-R-I 96 Yankees, Y-A-N-K-E-E-S. And awesome. also, well, you can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Dot underscore Traveler as well. Awesome. Thank you, Shu, so much. I really appreciate your time. And uh, don't forget, it, it, I want to get um, a couple people involved this week leading up to the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. So if you want to get, uh, you want to talk about it, come on. Uh, Wednesday night is reserved for my friend Sharon Dietz. We're going to get reconnect. She was in Louisiana um, last week. We couldn't do it because of uh, internet connection, so uh, she will join me on Wednesday night. So uh, let's make some time, make some plans, and uh, we'll talk then. So thank you very much. Thanks you, thank you, everybody, for listening, and talk soon. Go Bees. Let's go. Let's do this. Go Bees. Right, I saved that. Nice.